You are listening to a sermon by Ted Hamilton, Senior Pastor of New Life Presbyterian Church in Escondido, California. For more information about New Life, visit us online at newlifepca.com. That's N-E-W-L-I-F-E-P-C-A dot com. Merry Christmas. Thank you. It is uh, good to see so many of you here. Thank you for uh, deciding to take a little time out of your Christmas Eve to be with us and to celebrate together. And uh, it's a real privilege for me to be be with you all. Well, I'm going to read from Luke chapter 2. The text is printed on the back side of your bulletin there, and you can follow along if you'd like. Um, This is the... The text that's going to be familiar to many of you, but the familiarity I don't think breeds contempt. In this case, uh, this is this is one of those stories that you never tire of hearing, and uh, it seems to have endless applications. So let's let's listen to the Christmas story about the actual birth of Jesus, as told by Luke. Luke 2, 1 through 20. This is God's word. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger, And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them. It's God's word. Let's pray. Father, on this Christmas Eve, I pray that you would bless the reading of this word which we've just heard, um, drive it into our 
heads and our hearts. Make it produce spiritual fruit in our lives for you. As we come to the time in our celebration where we give gifts, we, we thank you for the gift of your son Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Well, if I were to ask you, uh, do you remember that baby in Afghanistan? I'm guessing many of you would know exactly what I mean. There was that nine-second video clip, do you remember? came out in August uh, of a 16-day-old baby girl uh, being lifted uh, out of the surging crowd there at the Hamid Karzai International Airport in Kabul. You couldn't see her mother. You just, it was, uh, just see her hands as she stretched that baby out toward a Marine who was leaning over the fence, over the barbed wire, reaching down, and, uh, and he grabbed that baby by one arm, and he lifted, lifted her up and handed her to safety on the other side of the wall. That image, that nine-second video, gripped, gripped the heart of the world. Followers of Islam say that God is great. And that's a pretty obvious statement. You don't really need a supernatural being to teach you that. What is not obvious at all, and what Jesus had to teach the world uh, by actually doing it, uh, is that God became small. Just like that baby in Afghanistan. Think about that video clip again. I went back and watched it a number of times. I I think what captures our imaginations and captures our heart so strongly about that clip is is the contrast between everything swirling around that baby and the little baby, right? I mean, baby was so helpless, so vulnerable, so at the mercy of the hands of other people, right? So surrounded by enemies and danger, right? The crowd was panicking because, uh, you know, the Taliban was, was, was coming to, to, you know, push them away. And, and that's very much like the situation into which Jesus was born. When when God dropped into our world, right, he did it remarkably as a helpless, vulnerable, dependent on others, surrounded by danger, baby. It's very easy when we read this text that has become so familiar to us over the years to lose the hard edge Uh, of it. Um, We need to sort of brush off the sentimentality of it and remember just what's happening there. So what are some some of the key takeaways from this event uh, that you can reflect on this Christmas, maybe tonight or tomorrow? Let me just mention a few, a few takeaways. There are many, but I'm just going to touch on a few that I hope will be helpful and encouraging to you. Uh, One, this is history. 
Now, the writer here is Luke. He was a physician by profession, but he was also a careful historian. And as a careful historian, Luke goes out of his way, doesn't he? Uh, as he opens up the account of the delivery of Christmas, to situate everything here in time and place. We read about real people living and doing things at that time. Caesar Augustus, Quirinius, Joseph, Mary. And real places uh, where those things happen. Syria, Galilee, Nazareth, Bethlehem. This isn't a fairy tale. It's uh, not a myth. It's not a legend. To paraphrase C.S. Lewis, if Christmas is not true, then it is of zero importance. Zero. Uh, If it is true, it is of infinite importance. The one thing it cannot be is of moderate importance. Number two. It is history, but it isn't just history. Uh, It's also an announcement that implicates you personally. I'm a student of history. I majored in history in college. I love history. I love to read history. Uh, One of the things, you you know, as a reader of history, as a studier of history, you are typically a detached observer, right? The the events are are already done. Uh, You are reading about them, uh, and um, you're, you're, you're... you're not involved. You're, you're, a, you're a detached observer. But that's not the case with Christmas. I mean, you study Christmas history. You study the Christmas event, and you discover, perhaps to your surprise, that you're part of the story. I noticed something in this event that shows you the, the, the richness of the Bible. I noticed something in this event this year that I had had never uh, noticed before. Um, Listen again to what the angel says to the shepherds. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now that's a birth announcement, right? And if if it went like every other birth announcement I know, including the ones, you know, that are on my refrigerator... At home, it would ha- it, the angel would have said, "For unto Mary is born this day in the city of David a Christ." And Mary was the one who who gave birth to Jesus. But that's not what the angel says. The angel says to the shepherds, and now he says to you, "For unto you is born this day." You're brought into the birth announcement. For unto you is born this day a Savior. What the angel is communicating here is that Jesus is not only for you, and he is. Right? If God is for us, who can be against us? Jesus is not only for you, but more than that, in a very real way, he is to you. He is yours. I mean, that's what a birth announcement does, right? It communicates in a very strong way. This, is, this baby is ours, right? Born to Mary and jo- or Joseph and Mary. Jesus. Born to you, Jesus. So don't read this history 
as a detached observer, the Savior, Jesus, born at Christmas, is yours. That's what the angel wanted to communicate to you. Number three, Christmas is a political revolution. You know, if you really want to understand what was going on there and why the angels said what the angels said, you have, you have to realize that what, what the angels did was they, they, they stole Caesar Augustus's talking points. Right? They, got, they got his book of, of talking points and just took it over. Um, Caesar Augustus had already taken over the word uh, that we translate good news or gospel. And that was, at that time, gospel was applied to Caesar Augustus. If anything related to gospel, good news, it was, uh, you knew that was going to be speaking about Caesar uh, Augustus. Right, And then uh, at the same time, for the first time in the history of the Roman Empire, uh, the Senate uh, gave Caesar Augustus, uh, the, the, well, they, they pronounced him divine. And, and that's really what the Augustus is. That's a title. That's an avant- divine title. It means exalted. Uh, exalted one. Uh, so he was uh, the emperor who was for the first time now by action of the Senate worshipped as, as a god, the Lord, the most exalted one. Uh, he was literally the prince of peace. That's what he was called. Uh, he was the architect of the Pax Romana, the Roman peace, uh, the god who would bring and had brought everlasting peace to the world. And then finally, he was celebrated on coins and elsewhere as the savior of the world. Now, knowing all that, right, that those are Caesar Augustus's talking points. Listen again to the angels. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ, Messiah, the Lord, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those upon whom his favor rests. You see, what the angels announced that night uh, to the shepherds was, by the standards of the Roman Empire, treason. It was out-and-out treason. Uh, they, they took Augustus's talking points and applied them to Jesus. God was on that night, that first Christmas night, planting a flag on planet Earth and saying, I claim Earth that I made for Jesus Christ. Christmas is God getting up in the face of the great powers of the Earth and making them back down. Hard to communicate all that on a Christmas card. But that's what's going on. Um, it's a great reminder, isn't it? In, a, in an uncertain, divided, 
world that the, that the, the superior political force in the world is not China, it's not America, it's not Democrat, it's not Republican, it's not Independent. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The triune God of the Bible. And He is bringing His kingdom to earth. That's what Christmas initiated. Number four. Um, God went public on this, in this event in a strange way, right? Uh, he went public in a mostly unseen way uh, with the shepherds. Uh, the, um, this is the first time that anybody really has been notified outside of the circle of the people that are involved, right? The Marys and the Josephs and the Elizabeths and Zechariahs, all, all those that have been playing a, a part now, now the circle for the first time is is widened, and and it's going to the shepherds. Now that's again um, not how I would have done it, right? Right. If we if we're going to launch a new business, a new enterprise, a new church plant, right? What we plan very carefully for how we are going to get the word out most effectively to the largest number of people we can, right? Uh, we're we're, we're going to do grand openings and soft launches and email blasts and, right? The whole deal, whole nine yards. Um, but here, in, in what is not even arguably, what is, if true, and we believe it to be absolutely true, uh, the most important event in human history, God, a God of the universe comes to planet Earth as a human being. Um, that gets announced to a handful of shepherds. We don't know how many. Um, at night, uh, out at work in the fields. Uh, men whose reputation in the community uh, restricted them pretty much to the, to the margins, right? They, they could... Uh, they couldn't go into the temple. They were restricted to the outer courts uh, of the temple. They weren't the right kind of people. And if you go to Israel today, you'll still see shepherds out there. And, and in, in many ways, it seems like they're still not the right kind of people, right? Where they live off, looks kind of like w- w- what we know up here as homeless camps, right? Shacks and tarps and plywood and... Um, that was the shepherds. It hasn't changed much in 2,000 years. Well, what do we learn from this? I, lots, but let me just give you two things for, for, to, for you to think about. First, you learn that your value, your worth as a person is not dependent upon your job or your uh, income or your lifestyle. Uh, or what the world might think of you. You know, your value uh, comes from what God thinks of you. You're a God-made person and you're made in God's image. And it is the favor that God placed on the shepherds that night that gave them transcendent worth. matter they were shepherds. Right? God came to them and put his favor on them. Right? You're not defined by your your job or your income or your reputation or your success or your lack of it. 
You're defined by the Lord. And if his favor rests upon you, you have value and worth. The shepherds. Second, you know, it seems to me this teaches us something about the dignity of our work. Um, God breaking in on the shepherds that night dignified what they did for a living. It was looked down upon by pretty much everybody else. Uh, they, they worked uh, out of sight of people. They worked at night when most everybody else was asleep. Um, and, but God saw them. And, and God showed up. And, and it seems to me by showing up, God dignifies not only them as people, but, but their work, right? Uh, after this event, what, is, what happened to the shepherds? It says they returned. Right? They didn't become priests or missionaries in the, in the you know in the sense of being a you know a full time missionary sent out onto the field. They didn't uh, you, you know they didn't uh, go to seminary. Uh, they went back to shepherding, right? But different, different now, right? And 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 in their shepherding, they're now glorifying and praising. God, their shepherding work became their arena to, to, to glorify and praise God. And it's the same thing for you and me, right? Um, you're doing what you're doing because God has you where you are. And, and with, when the sovereign God has you in a place doing a certain thing, that, that means it's got dignity and value. And that means that's your field. That's, that's where you uh, can, at least one place, where you can uh, glorify and praise God through your work and through talking to your colleagues and whatnot. And then finally, fifth, um, don't freeze frame Christmas. I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to do that. I, um, you know, every, when, when Christmas rolls around every year and the Christmas cards start coming, and, and right, uh, th- there are lots of frozen frames, right? The manger scene and the, right, the wise men and the shepherds on, out on the hills and, um, it it kind of it it can become static. It's, it's almost like uh, it's th- this. It's like Groundhog Day, where it just keeps getting played over and over and over again, right? It's that's we need to remember, even as we celebrate this, the coming of God as this little baby lying in a feeding trough, that He doesn't stay there. Right? Um. The God whom the shepherds looked upon in his meekness be, grows up, right, to become the God who looks upon us in our weakness as our great shepherd. You repeat that. God whom the shepherds looked upon in his meekness grows up to become the God who looks upon us in our weakness as our great shepherd. And he grows up and experiences death, resurrection, and ascension uh, all for us, right? You know, I have friends who reject the Christian faith. Um, 
and in particular some of my Jewish friends, reject the Jewish faith because, uh, and they will point to this text, and then they will say, look, when the Messiah comes, peace is announced. Peace is supposed to come. Your, you know, your holy book says, you know, peace on earth, right? And when Jesus came, there is no peace on earth. And therefore, I'm, I, I, I can't, I'm not going to believe uh, in him uh, as the Messiah. Um, you see, what they don't understand is, in a way, they've sort of frozen the frame, Right? This is, you, you have to, you don't, don't see Jesus, just like you wouldn't want to be, you know, have, you know, have somebody snap your picture and judge, judge your life and your career and everything by that snapshot, right? You, you, you want, to be fair to you, you need to, you know, you, people need to see you in video. Well, you need to see Jesus in video, right? He, and this is, and, and, and the Father and what the Father is doing. I mean, the, Christmas as, as Gordy prayed today, was the, the first advent, the first coming of Jesus, is, the, is, is just the beginning of, of God bringing his kingdom that is going to be characterized by peace to earth. It's a process. And there's m- remarkable peace right now, isn't there? Speaking to those of you who are Christians. We... If if you're a Christian now, you're trust you've trusted your life to to uh, Jesus and what He did for you. Um, that comes with a great deal of peace, inner peace, peace in your soul, um, and that peace comes from what the angels sing about here that that God's favor rests on you. Yeah. It, the uh, some of you might be confused that it, sometimes it, you hear peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Um, that was um, that's a bad translation. It's not really what it says. Um, our our translation says peace among those with whom he is pleased. Um, I, I like peace among those upon whom his favor rests. Um, it's it's not everybody. And, and you know who upon whom does his favor rest? His, his favor rests on those who are trusting in his son who lived and died and rose again for them. Um, And when you know you have God's favor, then you can have this this inner peace in the midst of all the craziness that's going on around us right now. It is a, you know, I, I don't experience it perfectly because I'm a mess, but... It, it is it is one of the it is one of the things I most cherish about my faith with Jesus is that faith uh, I mean that peace that I have knowing that God's favor rests on me even when you know the world's dividing and crazy and um, that's a good thing but that's just that's just the tip of the iceberg right. Uh, it's it's really just a foretaste of of what's to come, um, and and you and I as as believers in Jesus, if you come to believe in Jesus, we are enlisted in this kingdom building project, this kingdom extending project of God, where he's he's on his mission to to you know claim the world which he claimed really that night for Jesus. Uh, that project is ongoing. 
uh, and um, to bring his ultimate peace to the whole world. When, uh, uh, as it says in Revelation, there's going to be no more tears and no more crying and no more mourning and no more, uh, no more, uh, no more death. Right? The old things will have passed away. The new will have come. Sin and death are gone. Swords are beaten into plowshares, right? And, and we will know joy forever at the right hand of God. And it's not floating on a cloud somewhere. It's, it's on God's kingdom, which is right here, uh, on, on, a, on a resurrected, remade earth. Um, so how do you participate in this kingdom-building project, right? Well, Christians, we do it through your prayer, your worship, your work, your marriages, your parenting, your loving your neighbor. All of those things uh, God uses. You know, we, we, we do those without thinking. We do those uh, without any sense that they are special but listen right god is god is with you he is that that what you're now doing has a value and a dignity beyond our imagining and as you as you do your you know your prayers and your worship and your work and your marriages and your parenting and loving your neighbor and your enemies um with the idea of, of, of glorifying Jesus, the kingdom is advanced. And we get closer and closer to the second advent, the second coming of, of Jesus, right? So it, when, when the peace that the angels sang about at the first uh, is fully, finally realized. We need that day. We're all looking forward to that day. Um, Praise, praise God for the all-sufficient gift of His Son, Jesus, who by His life, He lived, he lived a perfect life, and that perfect life He lived to, to be, to, so you could write it on your resume. And we talk about righteousness, right? He lived, he lived a perfect life, and, and you get to take credit for it on your resume when you stand before God. And then, and then he, he died a, a penalty-paying death that pays the penalty for your, um, for your sin, for your guilt, for your unrighteousness, for your mess-ups. Uh, and, and then his resurrection, right? Death couldn't hold him. Three days later, Jesus rose from the dead, and that guarantees your eternal destiny. So Merry Christmas. You know, as we talk about Christmas, it's, you can't really stay in the manger. It, 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 the, the manger inevitably leads to the cross. The cross inevitably leads to the empty tomb, and the empty tomb inevitably leads um, to the second advent uh, when all of this that the angels sang will be true. Hope you can reflect on that some this Christmas, I know it's, good. it's about to get crazy if it hasn't already. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. And just remember as you're exchanging gifts and ripping those presents open that we do all of that um, to remind ourselves of the, of the greatest Christmas present ever. 
the, the, the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Amen. Have a Merry Christmas. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you for um, your goodness to us, your grace to us. Um, just, it is really uncanny to think that you became as helpless as that little Afghanistan baby. Um, to identify with us so that, so that uh, we, when we pray to you, we have confidence that you know what we're talking about, that you have, you feel what, you felt what we feel. You experienced what we experience. Uh, you know what it is to be us. Um, that's a great comfort. Now, as we close out this time tonight, Lord, and return to our homes and our families and our friends, I, I pray for, for everyone here, um, those who are members of New Life, guests today, neighbors, um, Christian and non-Christian alike, Lord, I pray for, for, for each one here that um, you, Lord, by your Spirit, would do what is exactly appropriate for each person here in their life at this Christmas time. Whether that's reminding us again of what we believe or whether that's opening you know, spiritual understanding to, to believe perhaps for the first time. We, Whatever it is, Lord, we, I, I pray for that. And may this, may this Christmas be a particularly meaningful one for everyone here. Lord, we pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen. You've been listening to Ted Hamilton, Senior Pastor of New Life Presbyterian Church, Escondido. Please visit us in Escondido, California, or online at newlifepca.com. New Life Presbyterian Church Escondido reserves all copyrights as applicable by law. Thank you for listening.